Hi, everybody. Um, yes, it's a ladies' night out again this week, and um, unfortunately, Chris still has tech issues. So um, we're going to be talking to two lovely ladies, uh, Jen and Maria, and they spoke well, they didn't actually speak at the events at the weekend, but on Saturday across the country, there were people's assembly events to uh, the cost of about the cost of living crisis. We can't pay, it was called. And um, Jen made a video um, from Deepak Sheffield. Deepak is Disabled People Against the Cuts. And Maria was very interested in, in having her voice heard about how she has suffered through this uh, cost of living crisis and so to you know there's going to be more events that on march the 5th followed by april the 2nd is more people's assembly events across the country wherever you are um hit on the link if gaz will put it or shan will put it in the chat then um hopefully by next week, there will be some more details about where you can go as near to where you live as possible so that we get everybody who is suffering seeing that they're going to get this. They've got the support of, of their community because how many of us are suffering now and how many more are going to be suffering with the with the hike in prices of both food and fuel and electricity and if we're not already suffering we're soon all going to be except of course the one percent who say to us oh well don't don't you know blame it on them it's that it's the refugees fault it's their fault it's the disabled people's fault it's their fault never telling the truth so tonight we're going to just get a little flavor of what the truth is so could we bring in Jen, please, from Deepak Sheffield? Hi, Lizzie. Hi, how you doing? Hi, thanks for getting in touch with you. us about the video, and um, thanks for inviting us on. All right, you're a little bit quiet, but um, it, I don't know if that's just your shyness. <laughs> testing, um, testing. <laughs> well, <good>? that's louder. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so yes you made a video because you weren't able to attend the sheffield event so tell us a little yeah, bit that's about right. that thanks lizzie yeah um like with a lot of the people's assembly demos all over the country disabled people against cuts um were involved in the organization at some level and or sent speakers to the events we had speakers um the amazing paula peters in london uh, Dennis in Manchester and Kev also uh, spoke for us in Stoke. I'm sure there were others, but these are the ones I can remember off the top of my head and that I've seen seen videos and stuff of as well. Um, but due to my own situation, I was unable to physically attend on Saturday. So what we did um, in order to, in order that we had some representation and had a bit of a voice there was we sent a, a written version of the statement, um, which our lovely comrade uh, Carrie read out for us outside the town hall in Sheffield. But in order that we can reach as many people as possible, um, we released a short, I think it's about two and a half minutes long video, um, captioned video, and that went out on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. So we've tried very hard amongst ourselves to make sure that um, one that 
disabled people are represented, two, that Northern people are represented, and uh, three, that we're as inclusive as we possibly can be within the limitations of our own disabilities, but also with what we can then put out on, on social media. And did you find that it, it was a, the biggest difficulty, um, obviously in, in your own case, but also generally amongst your group, the, the, the real difficulty in getting anywhere you know there's no there's no public transport structure left there's if you, if there is you can't afford it how do you how do you do that how do you get to these places and can you talk a little bit about what you spoke about in the video as well please yeah sure I mean, there are there are lots of different ways that lots of different people are being impacted by the changes in cost of living and people are certainly having to tighten their belts. But there are those, as you alluded to earlier, Lizzie, there are those of us who've been tightening our belts for a, for a very long time and people that uh, have been living hand to mouth already and that are doing. Uh, my own family included, week in, week out, you know, there's no excess money. And if anything, you end up at the end of the month with with a negative amount and you have to just kind of keep pushing on and keep struggling forward. Um, there's been so many cuts to so many different areas of our lives. Um, but also we hear repeatedly parroted in the media and from politicians alike, um, this phrase, choosing between heating or eating. And it's almost becoming like a regurgitation of, remember when it was get Brexit done, get Brexit done. And people were just like, oh, for God's sake, just just get over and done with, you know, because people are just sick of hearing it. You get sick of hearing it, just their ears just close off because it's re been repeated so many times. So this phrase, heating or eating, um, you know, I know people want to come up with something snappy for their headlines or, or something that maybe feels a bit like some form of spoken word or it's got rhythm or whatever it is that inspires people to come up with snappy phrases and stuff. But when things are overdone like that and it's only centering on two things that are affecting our lives, those of us that are at the bottom of all of this, those of us who already are living hand to mouth before the energy costs, before uh, the, well, this latest inflation rise, which is still going to keep going, um, and and so on and so forth. Those of us that are already in that situation, there, there's so many more areas of our lives that are affected. And like you just mentioned, travel is one, a big one actually. Um, I mean, if people do have the the luxury at the moment, and it shouldn't be called a luxury, should it really? But if they have the luxury of owning a, a family vehicle or, or having a car, some form of transport themselves. Um, people are having to make cutbacks in that area. But those of us who don't have that, yeah, we wholly rely on public transport or taxis. And the costs of both of them are going up for a worse and worse service in, in old towns and cities that, that you were. Anyone that you speak to these days here in Sheffield, it, it's just a mess. There's all these different taxi companies fighting and vying with each other for things, but prices are going through the roof, um, which makes them inaccessible to people on low income or on and or on benefits. Um, but yeah, the transport system, again, if it's not buses on strike, and quite rightly, they've been on strike because they've been treated appallingly um, in South Yorkshire and further afield um, by Stagecoach and other companies. But even so, it's a very fragmented service that we have now compared to years ago. And we seem to be being forced to pay, well, we are be being forced to pay more for a worse service um, as regards that the bus buses in particular um, which is frustrating, but also then does put people at risk of things like, um, if, or, or, you know, or problems with their employment if they're in, if they're in low paid work. 
getting to your job or getting to the job center, getting to medical appointments, so on and so forth. If you can't even afford that bus ticket to start off with in the first place, or if you can for a bus to not come on time for you to end up sanctioned off the back of that, it just all snowballs and escalates. So it's a life full of stress and worry. It's not just what staying warm. It's not just being fed. It's getting to places. It's making sure the clothes that you've got on are appropriate for the weather. You know, I see the rain outside of it. I dread having to go anywhere right now with this storm. Um, I haven't got a waterproof pair of shoes. I don't know about you, but I don't. And, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. But but what am, I, what am I supposed to do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, same as anyone else in this situation, is I carry a bag on each foot and then your shoes on and just crack on because there isn't any other choice. But where's the dignity in that? Should we be walking about with carrier bags on our feet? Really? Yeah, in, in especially when we talk about the fact that um, Jeremy Corbyn was going to take us back to the 60s or 70s, wasn't he? And uh, now... And we all said, no, it looks like the Tories are going to take us back to Victorian times. And apart from the fact that we actually have plastic bags now and they didn't have then, we're pre-Victorian times, aren't we? It's it's absolutely disgusting. And it's not just um, it's not just ordinary people um, that are that are suffering. They're buying into it and suffering because they're told that we all need to suffer because there is no money. Um, but there's plenty of money when they want to invade another country. There's plenty of money when they want to refurbish Westminster. There's plenty of money when they want to pay for uh, PPE contracts to dodgy as hell members of their family or friends or cousins or, or just met other members of the Tory party. There's plenty of money. How many super yachts? I heard a story the other day that there were there were huge amounts of super yachts being built because so many people, um, you know, are just are buying them. And then there's there was a piece in Business Insider, I believe it was, that was advising the super rich on how to reach these super yachts without going near the germ-ridden people. What's that all about? And it's funny, isn't it? Like... All these people, all these people buying all these things, and not one of them will have the skill to create any of them. Makes you sick, doesn't it? I mean, it beggars belief how we live in a country that prints its own money, and yet <laughs> there's not enough money. Come on, yeah. pull the other one. Pull the other one. And that's yeah. as for Westminster well. well. Do they think we're thick? You know, they, Clearly. they talk Clearly. about HS2 uh, connecting, connecting. Um, well, we always thought down here in the south, I'm down in the south, we always thought it was just a, a quicker way for, for the rich people in Westminster to reach the Manchester studios, is it? Is it the Manchester that they moved the BBC, the TV studios to? Um, so it was just a quick way. Manchester or Leeds, it'll be one of them, yeah. It was just a way for those people to quickly commute between the two cities. And then um, there was all this talk of, no, no, it's going to be a northern link. And it's going to go across from Leeds to to Newcastle or something and it's like 
has that materialized no of course it hasn't it was just a ruse to a lie a blatant lie to get you to accept the less to accept less to accept nothing and then to pay back in in your national insurance oh, i get so angry about it i'm sure you do as well jen let it out i do i'm fuming i'm exhausted lizzie like like so many of us are but i'm fuming as well and i and i'm damned if i'm sit by and say nothing or do nothing and see this just get gradually worse and worse i have two children to think about one who's now uh college and work age one is still in primary school what the hell are we leaving behind for them if we sit down and say nothing and do nothing about all of this we've got to try and that's that's one of the other points that i made in this video is that things are so fragmented at the moment all over the place on the left i mean one of the reasons that the tories are so good at staying in power is because they're really good at having their arguments behind closed doors whereas on the left we have our differences of opinion and people will literally go as far as to say i'm not going to go into that room if there's a member of such and such organization in it or i won't talk on a thing if there's a member of such a body on there look for the, for the love of well any deity you want to choose really for the love of anything look at what's happening to us yeah okay we're disabled people against cuts oh the website very quickly is dpac.uk.net by the way for anybody who wants any more info on dpac um but with disabled people against cuts we warned about the cuts to independent living fund many many years ago all of that snowballed and escalated we saw disability living allowance being turned over into pip the escalation of the work capability assessments deaths as a result of people not being awarded benefits that they should have been entitled to and people being put in other precarious and dangerous situations being made to suffer from not being adequately supported um, as to uh, their disabilities dictating the needs that they have. Um, and that all escalated and snowballed until eventually we then saw the, in the introduction of the universal credit system, which 10 years ago, Lizzie, Deepak were warning people of and trying to get people to listen and say, this is going to affect so many people. The independent living number of people Less than 20,000 people, I think I'm right in saying, but someone please correct me in the chat if I'm wrong. Less than 20,000 people in the whole country. And because there was not the adequate support from the left as a whole, the trade unions, so on and so forth. And this includes people like the PCS who quite frankly should have stood up a thousand times over before now, right? Never mind yeah. back then. How on earth have we got here? How on earth have we got here? Um, but lots of people, uh have been repeatedly supportive but they've been small in number i mean there's amazing people like the baker's food and ally workers union in hudson sarah woolley unite community they're always these organizations are always there always working with and always supporting deepak which is fantastic yeah. but we've warned and warned and warned and things escalated because the majority of people were too busy being fragmented and vying for power and control quite frankly which is disturbing yeah. when you look at the result of where we all are now but they wouldn't yeah. listen now we're in this situation with the cost of living crisis where there's been people in this country in, in britain dying every single winter every single winter for several years in their yeah. thousands just yeah. because they're cold because they're so cold that they've died and and i'm sure that if 
the viewers, yourself, me or anybody, if we walked out of our front door and we could actually see those people suffering or heaven forbid their bodies, we'd be compelled to act. But because it's happening behind closed doors and because people are proud, like yeah. we keep saying, it is, it is a life without dignity, but we all do strive, don't we, to keep our heads up and to keep that stiff upper lip and to keep moving forward no matter how hard things get. Yeah. People will pretend, oh yeah, I'm fine. How are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Not so yeah. bad. And then people are going home, turning off their electricity at the meter or turning off the gas at the meter and sitting in the cold and dark and eating a pot noodle if they're lucky and then dying. Yeah. So yeah. now we're in the situation, but it's affecting everybody. It's affecting so many people because when it was only affecting elderly and chronically disabled people, not enough people listened, not enough people showed solidarity, not enough people funded disabled people's organisations. Uh, ROFA is another one, Reclaim Our Futures Alliance, uh, I believe it stands for. And that's like a, an umbrella group of a lot of different disabled people's organisations, including DPAC. If people want to look at like a broader organisation, we're more represent more people represented and stuff as well. You know, these sorts of organisations should should be supported and voices elevated because just yeah. like this weekend, you know, all these demos that were across the country, which is amazing, there weren't disabled voices at every single one of those camp uh, demonstrations, and that's yeah. because people physically physically can't get out, like you say, can't afford to even get that bus ticket no. to get there in the first place. And, well, well, and, really, and are they, you know, able to speak up when they're in, in agony and the cold and the clothes aren't clean? They feel ashamed of going out at all. You know, if you're able to wash your hair and put on clean clothes to go somewhere, you're going to go and, want, and stand in front of a microphone any more than you're going to feel able to go to a job interview or it's a horrible, yeah, horrible over, mess, over Lizzie. The years, over the years, I've been doing this for a few, many years now, really. And uh, over the years, I've I've heard some horrific personal personal stories from people having to stay in their wheelchair for seven days because there's no care available to come and help them wash, get out of the wheelchair, get into bed. So they've had to sleep in their wheelchair. And you know, you said something really powerful. You said it's not about heating or eating; it's about living or dying, and that's what it is, isn't it? Uh, and not now, not just for disabled people. I have invisible disabilities, and I I went on television and I screamed and I ranted and I said it's not about me; it's about I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve. You know, I'm not going to die. But what about all those people who aren't going to get better? They can't, you know what? And they've got nothing, absolutely nothing. And the last bit of shred of 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 good feeling about themselves they have disappears, dissipates on the day, the first time you have to visit a food bank and beg, basically. I mean, the people at the food banks are very nice. You know, even the They're Tory amazing people, yeah. Even the Tory ones are very nice, but it's all at their largesse. It's all about them. Oh, we're so good. We give to these poor people who can't help themselves. You know, whose who, who situations we help. created? Yeah, yeah, Mess. yeah. Oh Mess. my god. Oh, don't get me started on it. But 
Well, it's so lovely talking to you, Jen, and don't go anywhere, but uh, we're going to invite Maria onto the show. Um, could you bring Maria in, please, Gas? Right, hello, it's uh, Maria. Um, Hi, thank you for Maria. inviting us. You have a list of things that you want to talk about, points that you want to get across. So the floor is yours, please. Tell uh, us. I'm just going to apologise. I do. I am using notes at the minute because I'm autistic and I kind of get carried away and don't get finished what I'm saying. And I've got like a lot of stats and a lot of advice in here. Um, and I would like to get those across um, and share my experience as well. I don't know if I'll have enough time, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so firstly, I'm going to talk about uh, what happened to me. Uh, I used to work. I was um, I did 21 years of care, retail, all heavy jobs, six years as an auxiliary nurse, eight years as a, uh, nearly eight years as a TA combat medic. And I served in Bosnia in uh, 1998, uh, uh, with S4, uh, Turkey with NATO for a three-week exercise with the regulars as well, when there was very few women serving where I was serving uh, Turkey. I was there, uh, one of three women that were serving with the regulars. One was an officer, a clerk, and myself a medic. Uh, and so I was like, and I was also competing in a lot of endurance marches, like full kit, 30 miles with a stretcher. Uh, we won the ladies one in the UK with the medics. Um, uh, and I did nine mega marches, which is a hundred mile march twice, um, uh, four days, over four days. Um, uh, used to do runs and all sorts, cross country, tug of war, skiing, all kinds of things. I was very physically fit. Uh, and then, like in about 2000, um, I just stopped. I was burning out in jobs. I had lost jobs due to my stress levels and things. And um, and I didn't realise why. And um, so in the end, I went on benefits in 2000. And then I was on and off benefits, and I was like trying to work for another six years. Um, and then I. I sort of um, had problems with my back and things and um, basically I was keep asking the doctors for a scan because it felt like it was my discs and I kept saying for eight years to the doctors, it's my discs, please can I have an MRI? Ended up growing with them every time I went. My autism, uh, which I didn't know I had then, uh, was obviously melting us down and getting frustrated with them. They labelled as paranoid personality disorder when I'm not. Um, I was, lab I think I was treated as a narcissist and passed around thousands. Um um, and basically, I was diagnosed at 52 as autistic. Um, so obviously, all of those angers and things like that came from being autistic and meltdowns and being in uncomfortable situations dealing with the DWP. Uh, I spent a lot of time um, scared of being, uh, how can I put it, put on universal credit. It really affected my mental health. Uh, I had to move house a couple of times. Uh, and I moved when I moved into this flat, uh, just before I moved here, I lost me two cats that I had that were 18 and 20. I moved in here. Everybody was after money off us off everywhere. My landlord ripped us off for an extra 400 uh, £400. Uh, uh, some stupid law he had in the, in the clause saying that if I didn't move on the day that I paid me rent, I had to pay full month's rent, which then incurred us to pay full month's council tax. So I had all this stress on us. Uh, I was trying to help a friend who I had for 12 years with her health as well, free of charge. And she, she did help me in other ways as well. Um, but um, so I was like, you know what I mean? I was just like really stressed and I was going through the change. And then like in 2019, I ended up having psychosis. I thought everybody wanted to kill us. Uh, ended up putting a psych ward um, twice. I sort of was in five weeks, thought I'd recovered. Then I hadn't recovered. Um, and then I went back in again. Um, for another four and a half months, uh, a section both times, 
there was problems with that, but that's another discussion because I haven't got time to cover it. Um, but for um, how can I put it? For six, uh, 14 years, in that, in with pro, uh, prolapsed degenerative disc disease, which did show up in the MRI eight years later, I got no apology. Um, basically, um, I, I ended up on. Um, I was on uh, legacy benefits, um, and I was on the original benefits there. What you, I can't remember what you call the first ones. Um, but I went on legacy benefits, and then um, and then I was able to claim PIP eventually in 2019 after I had the psychosis. Uh, I thought everybody wanted to kill us. It was just the worst experience that you can imagine, and everything seemed so real. Uh, I even got uh, put in seclusion on the first time, which actually made us worse the way the threat is. Um, and then um, eventually got PIP. Uh, and I got support and I managed to get someone to come to the assessment with us. So after 14 years of being deliberately denied with prolapsed degenerative discs, and I also had GERD, uh, which is like gastrointestinal stuff, and IBS. Uh, and the meds that I've had for my mental health have called is tardive dyskinesia, which is a movement disorder. This is why I'm moving all the time in that. Um, so anyway, I managed to get PIP again. I got told I wouldn't get assessed until uh, May. Uh, in 22, but they decided to do it in July anyway, in 21. So I managed to get an assessment and actually it was it turned out to be the boss of the, uh, how can I put it, the um, decision makers that uh, did me assessment and I got the same PIP again. So I'm like getting PIP with enhancement. But prior to that, I used to go, when I was work, when I lived in the village, I was really struggling with shopping and I was having to like, it was like, it was, it was like £10 nearly bus fares. You had to get the bus in the metro. Um, do you know what I mean? So like getting return tickets and stuff like that. It was nearly ten pound a day, and um, and I was really stressed. And I was like trying to get everything in one go, um, and I ended up ripping my shoulder. And and again, I had to wait eight weeks to get a scan because I just felt like nobody ever believed us when I had problems. And then when I got me scans, the problems sort to be in. You know what I mean? Um, so basically, eventually, I did get PIP. Um, and basically, the what I recommend for anybody going for PIP is to um, get someone to go with them. If they've got a carer, a member of the family, uh, a support worker or a social worker, get try your best to get them to go with you for the PIP assessment. Uh, use the Citizens Advice Bureau to fill your forms in um, um, or care staff and people who are experienced in doing it. Uh, so Citizens Advice Bureau is really good for that. Um, and um, uh, now you can fill in your stuff as far as I'm aware. Um, and But you, you, you have to opt out of filming, I think. And you can fill them yourself as well with your phones and that now, whereas before you never used to be allowed to. Um, so can I just quickly so that say, that, Maria, that's Sorry? audio recording. It's audio recording. Yeah. You can Sorry? record it with your phone. Yes, yeah, you yes. can record your PIP assessment. That was one yeah. of our campaigns to get to get people the right to be able to have the PIP assessment recorded by the people yep. that do the assessment. Because previously yep. the rules were you would have to bring your own recording equipment enough to make two identical audio CD or audio cassette. Yeah, that was the problem I had for 16, 14 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually... And so we had a big campaign on that. And we were, if you look at, um, there were MPs, that one in Hull called Emma, I forget her mm -hmm. surname, and also Dan Carden in Liverpool, Ian Byrne, uh, uh, a couple of the different MPs did support the campaign and councillors as well in different towns and cities. Um, what we did was we fundraised money to get these recording kits, Maria, and then people mm. could take them 
like rent them not for any money just you know just borrow them take to their assessment keep their tapes and then give it back to the uh the person that was looking after it um whether it's your local mp or councillor or something and as a result of that campaign in which there was also uh, manchester deepak and some of the other deepak groups all around the country were helping make sure people got these recording kits we did manage to get the you know, national policy changed on that. So now people can have it recorded. But it's a really important point Marie has made, Lizzie, that to get an audio recording of your PIP assessment, because what they write down in writing in people's PIP assessments it's far too often truth. does not does not reflect what's actually happened in the room. Sorry, I'll shut yeah. up now, Maria. I beg your pardon. Sorry, I'm, I've got really loads to get through. I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> um, no, 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 it's fine. I've, it's I've me. put 20 minutes in tech. Sorry, I've lost one of my earplugs. Just give us a sec. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say as well they used to refuse the person that came with you to come into the actual interview with you they had to they could accompany you to the building but they weren't allowed to come into the interview with you and if anybody says that to you now you must stand up for yourself and say no i i can't i can't continue unless i have this support and you know it, it is awful it's it's persecution the way yep. they're treating people have well, you got your headphone back in now you're yeah, yeah. um basically what um when i went i actually had um cellulitis in my face and my face was burning at one of me one of my pip assessments and it was weird because the day before i'd been to a labor party meeting because i uh, a meeting when i was in labor and um this was years ago like about four years ago or something i don't know and um and 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 it was when I had done my shoulder as well, but I hadn't gotten my scan yet, if you know what I mean. So I was in one of those positions where they sort of lied and said that I could do this, that and the other when I couldn't. And um, and actually I'd lost 60% movement in that arm until I had the physio and um, the cortisol injection. Um, and the other thing that, um, and as I say, I had cellulitis and the, and the day before I went in the Labour Party meeting and it was the person that was in PCS that was working for the DWP and I was bright red and you had blooming... A bright red face and I said and in the thing is they said I was normal and there was nothing wrong with this and I went yeah. to the doctor from the um, next lot of physio and the doctor turned around and said um, I asked to get my blood pressure checked and they said oh, I can't do it and the doctor sneaked us in and I had cellulitis in my face now to get emergency antibiotics so this is the level of the DWP also they just kept refusing us even when I tried to commit suicide and stuff like that in the past before I moved uh, sort of before and just after I moved when I came into here um, because I was struggling with it was just pure stress of being scared of being put on universal credit. I live on my own. I'm in the village, which is like sort of 13 mile round trip to the job centre. Um, and the other thing I know that I, that I find frustrating is uh, I decided to try and look for work, for, for light work, you know what I mean? And all I was getting offered was sales jobs, commission only. And I live on my own and they were just going to put us through all. And they kept using CBT to abuse us. It was like... Uh, if I said anything negative, I was told I was being negative. Uh, so, so, like, I was being honest about losing jobs for for me, you know, when you fill in your, your forms for your work and that. And just going, oh, aren't we negative? And then, like, it was just like, and then it was, uh, you know, go and make a stress ball or whatever for a workshop and do a Christmas party quiz and stuff. And I just found it absolutely horrendous. And I felt very belittled. I felt invalidated. And, and it was only five days after I got me, me last lot of PIP that I got me autism diagnosis. So all of the stresses and all of the things that I've went through has probably been linked to me autism. And the reason why I've lost jobs as well, not being able to regulate me emotions and things like that. You know what I mean? So um, 
What do you do? What do you do, Maria, to reduce costs? Well, I've got a list of things on that, but it's like I've actually got that. I've got like a different order from that. Um, All right, go on then. Um, so basically, I've covered um, just basically making sure you've got someone with you when you go for a, a what do you call it, an assessment and things like that. Um, but um, so my next one I was talking about was the cost of living crisis. That's what I've got uh, listed. Yeah. Uh, and um, basically, I've got. Um, the fuel is going to go up fifty four percent in in April. Uh, the cost of fuel, and this is going to and 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 I think that plus Brexit, because it went up. It's, the fuel has technically gone up. I think it's two two thousand seventeen. It's only, gone up seventy four. Only, only in this country, Maria. Yes, that's right. Yes, other countries. Yes, that's like right. France are capping yeah. it at four percent. Yeah, got that. And five uh, percent. I think Germany and fifty percent. Some people are getting fifty pen. Uh, fifty pound. Fifty uh, percent. If that bill's covered in some countries, so other countries aren't like, but you know, um, any case, uh, and I've like sort of said, is a uh, the, the, the cost of fuel and stuff's gone up 74 percent, I think it's 2017, uh, and it'll impact the cost of food, clothes, petrol, public transport, uh, everything you buy, really, because everything has to go through a use of fuel, if you know what I'm saying, yeah. um. Uh, and I think it's going to cause hyperinflation in the end because of this combined with Brexit and then all the poverty, people's going to be struggling. Um, so basically, uh, uh, the government are trying to say that the inflation's 6%, but what they're not counting is the fact there's like, I think, 156 new billionaires, right? Um, so when they're counting this inflation, they're not counting what it is to the people at the bottom of the pile, and it's actually probably going to double all our bills, really. Um, they're just they're just um they're just lying to you really yeah. you know it, at the very start of it we have our own money so yeah. as a country we can we can yeah sovereign we can pay for anything we want to pay for if um. we want to pay for it so what do you do um the next one is uh you're talking about the green levy and well, basically uh, what I was heat sorry. pumps. Have you got any of those? Uh basically what I was gonna say about that is basically like this money is supposed to be for like green stuff to use green energy. And what's happening with this money is yeah, fair enough, people are getting money for boilers, uh, and they're getting money for air uh, insulation. And I think the council get help with that as well. But most people have already got insulation, so well not most people, but I, I, I have in, in my case. But people do have insulation and Things like that. Um, but what's happening here is people who own property, houses and stuff, get um, like green deals with like solar panels and heat pumps and things like that. And everyone, all of us pay the green levy on on the cost of our fuel bill as part of our fuel bill. And what's happening here is the people who, who can least afford it aren't getting the green energy and the deals, right? And the people who have got properties and um, and I'm, I'm not saying everybody in a home is rich because some people inherit them or whatever, but... Um, but a lot of people are rich and have got expensive homes and they're sort of able to get the solar panel for about £3,000 or something and and obviously people on benefits can't outlay £3,000 so and also the, uh, to me the council should be doing something about this as well as the air uh, fuel companies as well because we're actually paying into this and then all we're getting out of it is the same as everybody else the boilers and the uh, insulation but we're not able to do green fuel which would be very cheap if the you know if they allowed allowed it to work for people instead of making profits everywhere um so it's things like that um 
to have a look. So basically, the poor people are taking the brunt of the living, and um, and I'm going to tell you now, and I, I'm really, really concerned about um, people committing suicide because about three weeks ago, I went for the metro, and there was a lad there, and you got pulled back off. I just got down the stairs when they had pulled him back, but basically, you tried to jump in front of the metro region centre, and um, there was about half a dozen people who pulled him back, and they were phoning the police and trying to get him some mental health support. And he looked, he looked a bit rough, so I don't know whether he was homeless or not. And his friends looked a bit rough as well. He was either homeless or in deep poverty anyway. Um, so, And I think suicide will go up. And suicide for women already went up 48%. I think it was either 2020 or, or, or last year. It went up 48% for women. And the average age was um, 54, 50, 54. And I think mainly it'd be waspies and people that have just literally got nothing. Uh, who haven't been able to save up and things like that, and pensioners, you know what I mean? And the yeah, men, we've, had, we've had people that um, have been living on beans, you know, people, yeah. who, women, who had reached the pension age uh -huh. that they thought was going to be their pension age, 60, and all of a sudden it's gone up. And now uh -huh. I think it's at 67, is it? Whatever yeah. it is, we're never going to reach it. We're never no. going to reach. No, I don't think I'm going to reach it either. No, it'll be no. 68. I think 67 or 68 for me. It is. Yeah. Um, and the it, thing is that um, one woman left a note saying, "I just can't bear to be a burden anymore," yeah. and so she ended her life. Yeah, and, and the other one like that I've seen. Uh, sorry, the other one that I seen, which everybody saw, and I think it was been on the news. I'm not sure, but there was the last that had to walk 13 miles and then was late. For a universal credit point, appointment by five minutes and the sanctioned her. Uh, and I'm that was one of my concerns because of where I live. And I've also got, as I say, a disability where I can still walk and stuff like that. But if I had to walk 13 miles round trip, I would be pretty well stuffed, you know what I mean? And probably not able to do it these well, days. A, a, a husband and wife um, killed themselves in a suicide pact yeah. because the wife had been disabled for many years and mm. he saw that he watched the husband watched as her care was diminished and diminished mm. and her um the respect that she was that she was given was lowered and lowered and lowered until she was treated like a pariah mm. and um and and they made a suicide pact and killed themselves mm. you know and this is it it's this important to talk reality. about these things yeah. It's really important I'm, I'm... to talk about these things, but it's also it's also important to remember that on the flip side of that, there's people like myself and and Maria's mentioned, and lots lots of people who have existing mental health conditions, but then obviously people who uh, previously didn't before the stress of the cost of living and the rise in the energy costs and everything. Um, but when you, when you already have a, a, something like like myself, I have bipolar affective disorder and rapid cycle of mood changes and stuff. When you're put in a stressful situation, that does exacerbate the existing disability yeah. anyway. So yes. on the one hand, there's going to be people who have who are going to be more prone to suicidal thoughts and feelings uh, anyway. Um, but then on the other hand, the, the, there's going to be people who turn to crime or acts of aggression yeah, on the, others and things like that as well. So, you know, the, the, the more you look at the wider picture, the more frightening it gets. I mean, the area I live in currently uh, in Sheffield, it's a big council estate in Sheffield. And the next postcode along is, is a much better off financially economically better off um area more middle class area now what's happening as things are getting more difficult for people in my area is the crime rates going up 
people getting their cars stolen, cars broken into, thefts from from in their porchways or thefts from in their actual homes. The numbers of these things are going up. Yes, yeah, so the theft frequency, in your home. frequencies are more and more. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, but also, also then you've got. God oh, bless you. But then, you've, then you've got our kids as well uh, to think of. So, I mean. For, for for me, my my daughter's fairly uh, well rounded young young woman. She's got her own apartment and she she works and she studies. So there, there's kind of not so much of a concern there. But it, there are girls that are groomed to be part of criminal gangs. But we know the majority it is boys, uh, and they're groomed in the majority, but not only by men. And we've got the county lines problems as well. Uh, young yeah. people drug running basically drug running yeah. for older men and um, uh, being sent around as delivery boys and so on and so forth. They're carrying knives. Some of them are carrying guns. And we have an increase in the incidences of these things as well. But why are these young men and women drawn to these sorts of activities? The simple answer is because there's, there's nothing in their own home that's spare. And they are looking at, like you said earlier, their mum or their nan, they're eating, you know, they're living off a tin of beans or they're living off porridge. I know a lot of women that will, they literally will just have a big bag of porridge. So I did it myself a couple of years ago. I got really, really ill. Uh, yeah. I thought, I actually thought I had a kidney infection. And what happened was it was getting up towards winter time and I had to get my children uh, shoes and coats for the winter, right? So I started just having just porridge, porridge and water for my meals to fill me up. Uh, went to the GP with what I thought was a kidney infection, awful pains in my back and chills and sweating and all sorts. And uh, he did a couple of tests and he said to me, when was the last time you had a meal? Yeah. And I couldn't answer him. I couldn't answer him. I went, uh, it was uh, um, uh, maybe yesterday, tea time. I just couldn't even remember. And he said, what's happening is, he said, you've not got a kidney infection. What's happening is your body's gone into starvation mode. And yeah. I laughed because at the time I was size 16, I went, what are you talking about? I'm starving. Look at the size of me. He said, that's not how it works. And this is the problem we've got. So we've got parents, especially mothers, especially single mothers, and most especially people with disabilities as well, people who are on low pay, low income and, and on benefits, already living so hand to mouth so that when you've got to get your child's winter coat for that term or winter shoes for that term, you then literally are having to starve, suffer malnourishment, yeah. and your body's shutting down to a point where a clinician can recognise that that's what's happening to your body. These things are happening before this before this uh, energy crisis. So, Maria, I know you said earlier you had some ideas. I've got a of, list of um, things that I want to try and get out to help people as well. Yeah. And I'm worried that Fuel I'm not going to get the opportunity. I'm really sorry. And Fuel it's just sort of kind of stressing us as well. shave two or three minutes. Sorry? Um, but basically, uh, I was basically going to do the last bit and all about uh, universal credit as well. Um, people on universal credit, before the pan, uh, before the uh, the cost of living crisis, were already getting less than they were getting in 2013. And this cost of living crisis is going to double everything and they're going to yeah. get even less. And they've also had a 4% cut in real terms. Yeah. Uh, and the government stopped the 6% rise that uh, MPs voted out a 6% rise. That's the last bit on that. Um, Sorry, what am I doing next? Sorry, um, I've sort of been water. sort of having to jump stuff now. How you shave water? Uh, oh, I did have stuff on fuel as well. Uh, 
Yeah. But some of the things that I do to save water, and I shouldn't really because I've actually got something called superlative hydrodidentis, which is a, a skin problem. And I get interigo as well. I've got a certain skin type. So I get like lots of infections and cysts and stuff sometimes. Uh, the cysts can sort of remit and then I can get them again. So unfortunately, what I try to do, and, I'm, and it's also partly because of my autism as well, when I get depressed, it's things like... Um, I try to save water I won't have in baths. I don't have a facility to have showers the way my bathroom set up. The boiler's on the opposite side of the room, so you can't put a shower in. Um, so I have like about one to two baths a week. Uh, sometimes I have a wash down if I'm going out and things like that. Uh, so I save water there. Uh, when I'm washing the dishes, I put washy-up liquid on my sponge um, and then I sort of wash them and like with the dishes underneath and, and then rinse it turn the tap off, do each dish like that. I get a handful of cutlery and I do the same with that. Uh, I do full loads of my washer. Um, I do, um, I use a dryer as well. So what I do is I put the an extra spin on the washer as well so that it, it less time in the dryer. Cause I live upstairs so I can't get stuff up and down the stairs. So I use a dryer, and, but I don't iron. So I just hang stuff up. Um, so I save money that way as well. But other things for water as well, as I say, brushing your teeth, just brush them and then sort of, you know what I mean. Then take why, a gurgle and spit out, and not leave your tap running. Save, why do you have to save water and fuel if you're if you're on pit and receiving full benefits? Um, I don't know. I just it, I've always done it anyway because I was used to living on one hundred and thirty pounds for um and and like ninety odd pound. You know what I mean over the years. So I've just gotten used to doing it. And plus I get depressed, uh, re and stuff. So sometimes I just can't be bothered to have one, basically. Um, well, what I, was, what I was trying to prompt you to say was... Right, but I, I know, but I had a list. It's never been enough money to cope, has it? No, but the other fact for me is because I haven't had anything decent for, for a long time, I've had to sort of go out and buy electricals and stuff that I need. And I'm trying to buy for longevity so that... It, because I've got to manage to survive because you don't know how much they're going to start cutting. You know what I mean? Because the government just seem to be hitting us all the time. Uh, and I'm worried that we're going to lose our benefits at some point when the Human Rights Acts, uh, when they start trying to target the Human Rights Acts and things like that. So it's 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 trying to put money away a bit as well. Uh, also, with us living on my own, if I need to decorate and things, um, like so my living room's not too bad, but my bathroom's not very nice and my bedroom is okay. My passage needs to be decorated. My kitchen needs to be decorated. Uh, and I have to pay like two people to do it because I can't lift and that, you know what I mean? So like it's it costs more to do it and same with carpeting. And I, so I'm trying to save up for to get renew my carpeting and things like that. Uh, and like replacing things when they break, you know, like your cooker, your fridge, your uh, Hoover I've replaced, uh, things like yeah. that. So and I've, I'm, I'm also trying to buy things that use less energy. So like I replaced the microwave with a uh, combi oven. You can't, can you? Because the 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 equipment that uses less energy is three times the price. Well, uh, so that's why I'm trying to do it now before the cost of living hits. Yeah. Um, so I'm not able to spend the money on whatever I'm supposed to spend it on to get from it to be for uh, autism stuff and that. And plus, all the autism stuff's not centralised. It's kind of I live really if they put it in Newcastle, I would only need to get one bus. But the problem is, is they've got it at West Denton, so you've got to get. This bus, which sometimes isn't here, it, and because I'm on a motorway, my bus route goes on the motorway, it gets stuck in traffic for hours. So you can be stuck, your journeys take 17 to 50 minutes. So making a, and your bus doesn't turn up half the time. Yeah. Uh, and we've only got one bus route. So in the next stop's a 25 minute walk. 
And if you miss that one, you've got you've got the same problem again. And that was one of the reasons I was scared of universal credit so much as well, because I thought I'm just guaranteed to be homeless because of the the, the bus services that we get. Uh, and also, like, as I say, the autism stuff's like two or three buses away. Like the other one was in Sunderland, which is a bus in a long metro and stairs and all of that. And then um, uh, there was the one in South Seals, which involved a bus, metro and bus, you know what I mean? And you're yeah. looking at two and a half hours and, and like four hour round trips and five hour round trips to go to therapy. So you end up not going. And plus also, I don't have learning disability. And a lot of autism stuff for adults is based on people with a learning disability. Um, and mine's, mine's actually emotional and um, social. I'm isolated. So I do have friends, but I don't see them very often. Um and it's like I don't have loads of friends if that you know and I always feel as if I'm last in people's priorities and I do get a little bit par paranoid and things like that. Um I'm losing my plug again. Um well, well thank you very much for for telling us all that, Maria. And uh we've only got ten minutes left now. I know so that's the problem. I've not even gotten my advice out, which is what I do. No. Well, we you can because um <laughs> if you how many list how many have you got? Right, I've got. Um, How much have you got? Right, I've got some on water. What you rattle can claim? Sorry. Rattle right. them off. Right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try. Right, so firstly, right, you can go to Citizens Advice Bureau, and there's a list of various companies what have uh, fuel companies what have deals on. If you look, go to those companies and ask about the deals. They've got funds where they can help people that are in debt and things like that. Um, yeah. My water rates company's got a thing where if you if you're under six thousand four hundred pounds a year with everything included, um, not including your pip, um, you can claim if you use sixty cubic, uh, I think sixty cubic meters it was, or six uh, sixty cubic meters, uh, you can get like a half price reduction. Um, if you're a family like a large family with three three plus kids, you can get help. Uh, if you're on any of the benefits more or less. Uh, and you're using over 60 cubic litres to save your incontinent or, yeah, or you've got like you, loads of kids to have baths and things. And You can apply to your local water supply company and yeah. they can grant you uh, a three pound, three pound a month payment and that lasts for a year. And oh, well, that, like, that hasn't been you're not left was... in the debt. Mm. So um, there are it's three percent it's not three pound it's, it's three it's if you're spending three percent of your in, uh, house your money on water that's what it is it's not three well, pound mine, mine yeah. was three pound when i was no no was seriously ill um, uh, I, I, mine was mine was reduced to three pound a month for, for a year and um, then i could apply for it again the next year if my situation hadn't changed but and yeah. my situation had, had slightly changed, so I didn't get it again. But I would say to everybody, I know that it's demeaning and demoralising, and, and uh, you know it's very difficult to ask for help, or uh, and it, it is very difficult to ask for help, almost impossible. And but we have to do it, and there are places that can help. So any more. Uh, going to the Citizens Advice Bureau that can help you with all kinds of things. Um, asking them what you intend to explain if you're in debt, you can get they'll advise you how to get help with debt. Uh, and the, the certain things that you have to follow that they ask you to do, like such as showing the budget with your financial status and how much you're spending and all of that. So did they can help. Oh, I'm not going to be able to do Safra? this. Did you go to Safra, Maria? 
because you no, I didn't. I went um, thingy for furniture a lot of years ago, but I haven't. I don't. I, I've not asked for help basically because uh, I budget. Basically, I do things like. Uh, I mean, I really budget, but I'm not as bad off as somebody on universal credit, if you know what I mean. And I don't have kids, so I do manage in my own way that I do things, if you know what I'm saying. And I'm, I, I like don't put meat on hardly and things like that. So I have certain systems that I do. I things like I blanch veg and put it in my freezer. I make sure my freezer's full. I turn off sockets I'm not using. If I'm making tea, I make, um, you know, like one pot of tea. There's, there's also thing like there's grants that you can get. If you go on the universal credit and the government site, there's a list of things that you can get help with there. And also the Citizens Advice Bureau, there's a list of things on their website where you can get help. Uh, there's charities, things like uh, uh, Changing Lives, Turn to Us, um, there's fuel poverty charities as well. I'd say this is why I wanted the time. Um, um, well, I'm, I'm very, I'm very sorry, but I know um, I sat there and I spent two days doing this, and I've not been able to get half of it over. We we have almost run out of time. Yeah. Um, after the show, if you want to uh, tell us what it just takes too long. There's a, there's, a, there's pages. Of, Right. Yeah. Well, there's never enough time to, to talk yeah, about but, what see, this is what I wanted to, to come on about. for to explain the budgeting for people as well. So that because it is things people can get help with. Uh yeah. Oh, and another one is going to your local council and looking at grants there. You can get grants. Uh, some of the charities do like uh, electrical goods if you really struck the turn to us as one of those and furniture. Um just things like that. There's just, just all sorts of little things that you can look for, and things like going uh olio for food. If you live in yeah. like in a village, or going seeing if there's a fair share, or a a social a socialist clothes bank, or a, a baby bank for baby clothes and things like that, and toys, um, you know here we've got an autism place here that does a food bank for children and parents with autism, um, uh, you know that type of thing. It's just have a good look at what's in your area. Free cycle on online. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. Sorry, we we really have run out of time. We've got five minutes left. If we could bring, if we could bring Sean in, please. There's also Safra. If you if you or your parents were in the uh, the services, the armed forces as we used to call them, um, I think you call them the services Safra. now. But mm. there's Safra who are very helpful, but they will send someone out to interview you, which can be very, uh, very demeaning, uh, humiliating. Yeah. It was British but Legion who helped me years ago. These, these people are lovely. So, Sean, what I expect we've got, I can see we've got lots of questions, lots of comments. Hi, yes, um, lots of, Maria, everyone is saying that you're a fantastic speaker and thank you so much for sharing your story with us um, and the same to you, Jen. Um, I think, you know, people want to have you back on again. I think what we should do, Maria, is maybe you and I set up a pre-record um, and um, we can get all that information recorded and we can put yeah. that out as a separate video if that's okay with you. Yeah, that would help because I feel as if I haven't done what I fully yeah. came on to do and I was getting a bit being autistic and frustrated. I know, <laughs> uh, I, I know, so I appreciate that. But we, you know, if we do a pre-record, then we can still get that in valuable information out yeah. to people because there's so many people who, who need help. Um, are, are there lists, Jen, are there lists of where people can find this information on the DPAC website? Well, firstly, disabled people against cuts are not an advice service. It's an action group. It's a movement. Um, so 
what Maria said, I can only echo, talk to your Citizens Advice Bureau. Um, if you've got a problem with your benefits directly, the person who can speak to the DWP on your behalf is your MP. So the Citizens Advice Bureau, like Maria said, will help with forms and letter writing and these sorts of things to do with, to do with your benefits and uh, other issues, financial statements and so on. But if you need, for example, if you've, if you've not had a payment um, and you're not getting anywhere with the Department for Work and Pensions, the MP will have a caseworker in their office who can speak to DWP on your behalf, which is something that your local councillor or your citizen's advice worker or anyone else actually can't do. You know, uh, people like that in those positions aren't able to. Um, it's really yeah. your your own your own doctor or your MP. So that's that's. Can your I just add a quick uh, thing in as well? Um, if you when you get your letter, you always get it about twelve days late because it goes in snail nail your forms, right? If you're filling in paper forms, so best thing to do with this is you ring up the uh, DWP pe people and you ask them for an extension, and they will give you an extension. Uh, and also, if your forms are lost, ring them up and ask where they are because. When I was doing it, they said they were getting lost between the um the what do you call it the uh, well the the postal box where you put your forms and then they go to the people who scan them on the database and then they go to the decision maker and they were yeah. getting lost for thirty eight and forty days and people were waiting a month or two months to get things sorted out because it's of the forms getting lost and that was actually the the boss of the DWP decision maker was doing my assessment and told us this I was really amazed that he actually did. Um, it's good as well when you ring up it does make a record sorry when you ring up it's really important what maria said it'll make a record on your account on your, on, yeah. on what, your and you'll your get extra days yeah so yeah. you can yeah, then prove that, you have tried you know it is well, important. If, if your housing payment if your rent payment uh goes through your council and your poll tax payments all they all those can be suspended for up to a year if you're having problems, the first thing you must do is go to your council and fill in a nil income form. Yeah. I don't, or, well, not all, all councils do them. Post it to you. you not know. all councils do that. I don't do think them. we did it, that. I don't think either. Well, they are supposed mm. to, but not all councils do it. Yes, that's true. But off the back of what you asked about the DPAC website, Lizzie um, and Sean, they, the thing is with with um, DPAC, there's there's always various campaigns going on, as well as just showing solidarity with various things, whether it's striking workers, whether it's the upcoming NHS solidarity demo on 25th of February, whether it's um, there's something going on about the Equalities and Human Rights Commission that's coming up very soon. If you have a look oh, on yes. the DPAC website, you can see about about that as well. DPAC and and uh, Reclaim our, uh, Reclaiming Our Futures Alliance are asking for the uh, Equalities and Human Rights Commission to lose its A-grade a status as a human rights organisation because of, simply because they're in action, among other things. But there's more in-depth info about that on, on the DPAC website. So um, just lastly, I would say, you know, when people are having their meetings and having their demonstrations and stuff, always do reach out to disabled people's organisations in your areas and invite them to send someone to speak or to send a statement that, that, that you can read out. One of the worst things, one of the most degrading things as a disabled person is when you hear people talking about things that they think we want and they think we need. We've got voices. Help us elevate them 
invite us, include us, and listen to us. And we will always be standing with you in whatever your struggle is, whether it's LGBTQ+, whether it's you're a striking worker, whether it's that you're an NHS worker, whether it's about pain conditions, whether it's about your welfare benefits, whether it's about simply staying warm this coming winter. We have got to put aside our factional differences on the left, join together, and make sure that as many people survive the coming season as possible. But I believe we can do it or I wouldn't be here. Well no, said, Jen. Well said, Jen. And I just want to finally um, finish with a, a little um, message from a couple of people to Maria saying, well done. Uh, Maria is an awesome and amazing woman and has spoken so well tonight. You're a charismatic person and a star speaker. So thanks, Maria. We oh, do, thanks, really people. do appreciate it. And, and we will definitely do a pre-record to get all well, that thank information. You. really need to do that because I did yeah. spend time and it is good advice in here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm really sorry that if I seem that I'm cutting you off, but we do have times to keep to. This is a yeah. live show, and we try to get as many voices on as possible. And yeah, thank just you me, so but autistic Nelson. <laughs> well, thank autistic you so much. Your behaviors. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to come right, on the thank show, you. Maria, and thank you so much, Jen, for coming on the show and talking a little bit about us. Um, hopefully we've put all the links uh, to your video, Jen, and to anything that you've brought up, Maria. Uh, mm. no, we'll definitely do a pre-record. And to the sorry, I've not been able to do chat. I do. I can't sort of do both together. Sorry. Thank you very much for for to all the audience for coming thank you very much sean we didn't get much q a in but thank you very much and good night everybody Bye, thank you.